Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger, and I am here with my co-host and co-founder, Wilkie V. Law III. We want to thank you for taking time to listen and share your stories with us. We appreciate you, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on iHeartRadio, or on iTunes. We are a podcast for educators created from a six-year conversation between us, two educators from different backgrounds and journeys that discovered that the true value in education is in the connections that teachers make with their students and the relationships that develop from that connection. The purpose of our podcast is to provide educators a platform to share their voices with others, make those connections, and to return value to the classroom experience and the teaching craft. Above all, we believe that when you add value to yourself, you add value to others. So welcome to Value Adds Value. I, want, I do want to come back to what you were saying um, about where you work in schools that are very privileged. And, and I think I've shied away from applying because, you know, I live in Minneapolis, St. Paul. So there are some very, very affluent schools very, very close to where I live. And I've shied away from it because I thought I wanted to be in a school where, you know, kids needed me. Um, you know that that had diversity but do you think I'm missing out on an opportunity by not looking at that's a hard question like I I I remember when I first and shout out to you guys like I I, my my podcast came from your guys's inspiration like I think I I don't know if I mentioned this to you but like that is one of the reasons why I had I guess the guts the guts to, to to start a podcast but um I remember having this conversation with someone and um, they mentioned like home is like, I'm from a, a black community in Nova Scotia in Canada. Um, so let's like, let's let that sink in for a second. Like there's not a ton of us here. Um, and I often hear like you, they don't say it in these words, but it's kind of like, if you're an educator, um, you're from the community, um, why aren't you in the community in regards to why aren't you teaching here? That's where the kids do. Um, and I, I did a, a podcast, like a personal podcast um, on this. And it's like, you go back on this thing, like, are you being a sellout? Like, are you selling out your community? Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Not there. Um, and it doesn't play on my mind as much now because, um, I often, I, I now feel that like, because I'm away, and I think it's, it's, it's a lot of it's personal as well. Like how, how do you feel like you can leave that impact? Mm-hmm. Um, and who are you to judge or say that I have to be there? Um, but there's other ways to give back as well. Um, and if you are truly someone who wants to give back, wants to be there for your community, you'll find other ways. Um, but it's tricky because I do also think that those other kids, need that same work like it's not just one kid that has this type of um background or this like type of look or whatever it is like all kids need this type of work and i think it depends on how you feel about it personally are you okay with um teaching that kid who is privileged because i don't think it's going to be that easy like that kid's coming from a place where they get everything where they don't necessarily see all these things so all of that back i think all of the back work regardless of who the kid is is going to take homework and um understanding and 
all of those things that we talked about, it's just, it, it comes down to like a personal thing for the most part. And it used to be a struggle, <clears throat> but it's not as much as a struggle now because I think I, I think I know myself more every day because of the situations and experiences that I've gone through. Um, but it's, it's really, it can definitely take a toll on you depending on who you are as a person. So um, it's hard. It's a hard thing to, to decide on. Yeah. And, and I think too, I, I, I came from Houston, which the schools I worked in were 90 plus percent Hispanic. The other, the rest were African-American kids. You know, when I came home to an all white school in the suburbs and had a bad experience. And I think maybe I, and that, and I've been trying to think back to, you know, the last year and how I got into my situation, but like, I think maybe I just assumed that it was a bad experience because it was a affluent, predominantly white school. And in reality, it was just maybe a situation with that, that just in, it, it just wasn't a good fit for me, but I don't want to say it was because of the students and their affluence or any, anything like that. I'm really trying hard to work on that piece of not judging that experience and, and being jaded um, because I feel like I was treated unfairly and, and, you know, in looking for jobs, you know, like I, I've had five interviews and, and nothing to show for it, you know, so it's, it, you it's do have something to show for it. Let's 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 correct that. Sorry, you sorry. have something to show for it. You have those experiences of right. going into there and and talking and presenting yourself. So I, I, that's one of my big things. You got to look at yeah. it as as an right. opportunity and not as I have nothing to show for it. I mean, even if I slept in all day, I have something to show for. It. I have a rested body. Maybe tired after sleeping all day, which is kind of counterproductive, but you always have something to show for it. So just kind of keep your mind wrapped. I don't mean to jump into that, but. No, no. And, and you say it right too. And, and I think too, you, you know, Gary, you were talking about the judgment you feel online, but when you've had those interviews and you feel like you've gone in and, and I have gone in there and been as true to myself as I possibly could. Cause I told myself like, I'm going to go in there and be me cause I don't want to get a job being someone else and then have to be, you know, go in there with the expectations that I'm going to be this person that I'm not, you know, and, and I, I, if, if my mom, if you listen to this, this is not a knock on you, but every time I, you know, every time it doesn't, I don't get a job. She asked me, you know, like, what could you do different? Did you, did you get feedback from them on what you could have done different? What do you think is going, is there something in your resume? And it's, it's hard because I, you know, one, you feel like you're being judged by those people, which you are, but on the same token, you know, you have to think about like, am, am I wrong for being who I am? And, and I, and I think that part in the process is where I'm lucky to have friends like you guys to where I know that it's more important to be who I am and wait on the next job than to go in there. I mean, cause we, we all know the right things to say. I know the buzzwords that I can say to really make a principal be like, Ooh, yeah, that, that guy, he's something, but you know, I refuse to not put the work that we've done on my resume. I refuse to not mention the fact that we've done almost 200 podcast episodes and I, I'm just not, I mean, that, that work has shaped me into who I am mm -hmm. and it, but 
you know, in, I don't even know where I thought there was a question in that experience in, in that story somewhere, but I, I don't think there, I, I lost wherever the question was. No, I, I, I listening to you, I think I, I've always been someone who says things, I think things happen for a reason. Um, I think um, I'm 100% with Will when he talks about like those experiences are like you will always remember those experiences um, regardless of how they felt whether they were negative experiences sad experiences like you can always pull something from those experiences <laughs> that'll help you down the road from now um, and I and and I am like someone who has a strong like belief in things as well it's like those right. jobs just weren't for you like right. like that's just it and i think when you do find that job you're going to be like thank god that i do have this one and i didn't get the other one do you know what i mean right you're going to be right. so happy in that position or maybe you're not maybe you're in that position and you don't like it but i do think that things in life do have there's a plan that we don't know about and we try to dictate it as much as possible we don't know we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow like Right. It's just impossible, right? Um, right? But we, I think, take those experiences as much as possible, help them influence whatever it is those next steps are, and we continue on, right? And and that's, I think, that's one of the things I love about life. It's so, it's unpredictable, man. We don't know. <laughs> we really, really that's don't. why we teach. We like exactly. the unpredictability. <laughs> exactly. So, right? And, no, go ahead, Gary. No, like, that's it. That's it. I think it's like, honestly, using those experiences as much as possible. Like life, I always, and that's one of the reasons why I like being away because experiences continue to, um, to shape me as much as possible. Um, you get to see different people, you get to interact and it pushes you. Like I'm an introvert. Like I don't, big places like freak me out. Like talking to people I don't know freaks me out. Like small talk is very, very hard for me. Um, speaking in front of large crowds of people um, people that I don't know, like those are all things that like freak me out. Um, but why do I continue to try and do it? Because of those experiences, learning from them, I feel like what I have to say is important. Like those, those are the things that I think like human emotion is just like fascinating. Like things can make you feel all like you can feel so many different ways through so many different experiences and you can learn from them. And that's pretty like, that's really, really cool. That's really, really cool to think about and be able to experience in life. So mm. you're fine. You're fine. Right, right, right. Will, anything else you want to wrap with Gary about before we let him get uh, on with his day? No. Um, actually, yeah. I, I, we, had, we kind of started talking about the racial issue. And I just want to kind of put it out there. We, I had an incident yesterday. Oh, no. And... Um, um, <laughs> I did an IG story about it because it just, I, Kyle and I have been talking about, I wanted to do a, have a conversation with people about the N-word. Mm -hmm. uh, because I believe that our society has become so, it's become such a colloquial word in our society that people use it not realizing that it's a lash for those who understand it. And I had a guy yesterday who cut me off on the car let me get off on the drive. I'm driving on the road and then had the audacity to pull up to me yelling obscenities and call me the N-word. Oh, boy. Um, and Will, five years ago, you probably would have gotten a different response. 
um, an unmeditated will, you would have definitely got a different response. But I, I was able to say, you know, sir, have a blessed day. Turn into my Starbucks to go get my Starbucks and not worry about it. Um, and I, I shared with my wife that I was excited that I wasn't all jittery and nervous. Like it, it normally I'd be so angry that it's like, I couldn't contain it. Like I wouldn't have been able to come home and eat. I wouldn't have been able to come home and do this because I would have been so angry, but I wasn't. And I, I, I don't know if it was because I was, I'm numb to the fact that people are just going to be people or if I've just grown to the point to where it doesn't phase me like that. Um, but I just want to know from you, like, do you see that, that, the, that N-word as an issue? Because it is in popular music. So even though you're teaching in Malaysia and in the Philippines, a lot of those kids, if they're listening to American music, they're hearing those words. And do you, do you have, do you see that as an issue there or as much as we see it here on this side? Um, I don't think like just being in Singapore, I don't think the word itself doesn't come up as much. Um, I think the closest thing that I've had, um, in the last few years, like I remember being at a barbershop and, um, if, first off, I'm like super nervous. It's like, you know, you, you have your barber, like you have your guy or girl. <laughs> over time and you grow uh -huh. that relationship so you're fine trying to find someone to cut your hair and so I go in and they're like they're young um like I think 25 30 years old I sit down and he goes he's talking to me and he's like super excited and he goes I never I never experienced cutting a negro's hair before and I'm kind of like the first thing I thought was wow like that i haven't heard that in a really long time like i'm thinking in my head like how do i respond and the first thing I, after that i was just like well i was like we don't really use that word anymore and from his like just excitement and his like i guess the way of look just looking at him in general i could tell he just didn't know mm -hmm. um and then i knew that just being in Singapore, like there's not a lot of black people. Like if you are looking at, if you are listening to your parents at home or you are looking, looking at stuff online, like you wouldn't know what, you wouldn't know to say like black or like African or anything else that is relatively like politically correct in regards to that's more like that word be like, you just don't hear anymore. It's just something that has kind of been um, not used to, to reference another person. Um, but I said like, Hey, like, these are some of the, I actually, and I said, these are some of the terms that we use now. Um, and he's like, Oh, I apologize. Um, and then I think I remember coming in before, after that, and there was this sense of like learning. He was asking other questions about being black in Singapore, um, being black in Canada. Um, in Canada, I've had that like multiple times. Um, and I'm not. For me, I'm, I guess, similar in a sense, Bill, where I would also kind of get into my shell, angry, um, not want to eat, et cetera. But I think now, I think you know yourself so well now. And I think because of that experience, like you, you're not going to allow it to dictate whatever it is that you have 
and the rest of your day, the rest of your life, I think. Um, and I think it just grows on you over time, right? Um, knowing yourself more and more and not allowing other people to influence you in, in negative ways. Um, but you feel it, right? You'll feel it. Yeah, you feel it. And, it, you know, even, you know, I, I was talking with a buddy of mine about the fact that because he works at a predominantly white school mm -hmm. and, you know, I, you know, he said, you know, they'll, he'll go into the locker room and they're playing, you know, hip hop music. And the N word is just being thrown around. It's just being thrown around. And the kids are, are, are imitating the, the rap and even referring to themselves as, oh, that's just my. Oh boy. And so in the grand scheme of things, if, if, if our popular music has kind of uh, embraced the word. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, hip hop music is the fastest growing, it's the largest genre of music now surpassing rock and roll which had been you know the top in the in the united in the world rock and roll was was it hip-hop has surpassed it and more than that hip-hop culture has infiltrated every possible facet of media mm -hmm. so with such a powerful media and this word being one of the cornerstones and it was different when we were listening to you know the lls the run dmc's the wu-tang's because the, the, the audience was primarily African-American or African or, or Black. We, we, we were, that was our conversation with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Now we're on a bigger stage. Do you feel that artists have a responsibility to understand that? Or am I going too deep for you? No, I love this. It's funny, like in university, my third year, um, I did a, I did a, like a research, I wish I could, I think I could still find, I did a research paper on the N-word and the, the popularity of it being used in hip hop music. And I went back and forth with my professor about, um, and he's more of like just kind of pushing me in my thinking as well. Of, um, I think one of the questions was, can you, can you talk about an experience of a specific group of people um, truly, if you don't live in that community or in that in that environment, um, because there's so many researchers that do research and publish books about black people or anybody, but don't truly live in that environment. And he was asking the question. I was like, I went back and forth. I said I wasn't really sure, but I think to truly understand, you have to be someone who has been brought up there, raised there, family there, etc. And then the other side of that was like, well, you can be a researcher, you can spend X amount of time there, gather information, and then still pump out content about this community or this experience. Um, but for me, I think that hip hop in general, I think if it's a part of like, I think all of it is sharing experiences and the word, regardless of how, what other people think in the outside world, world do they take out that experience? Do they take out that word because other people are saying, hey, like, and I'll be honest, like, we still, as Black men, don't have a lot. Like, I think, if anything, if we want that word, we should be able to have, like, we should be able to own that word, if anything. I think, for the most part, if people are saying, like, how are we dictating who uses it, when to use it. It's learning, it's teaching, it's talking about, it, it's having the conversation. Like if you're not having the conversation about it and the word makes you feel something, have the conversation. Like find someone 
do more research like there's tons of stuff out there but i think people know but i think people push limits where they either are ignorant to it um or just shy away from it i can't hear it i hear it but i don't hear it do you know what i mean um i don't think they have to stop doing it um it's something that's been so ingrained in in the culture and it's not necessary it's not used as this like derogatory term anymore um in and, every case and, and and that's that's what i'm getting to right and you can people can easily make it very negative you know what i mean um but people don't see it like if a group of kids are hanging out and they're calling each other the word in a positive way and people from the outside are looking at it as negative like who are they to say that they're being negative or they're being derogatory when they're brought up that way in that community in that culture that's the um, language that is the language right um so i think it's learning and it's really truly trying to understand like i don't know like this is something that's been ingrained in the culture for so long right and words evolve they have different meanings over time Mm -hmm. right um but it's a tough conversation especially if you're a teacher or someone who hasn't experienced it don't know about it like how do you talk about this word that you don't even want to say you don't even want to you know what i mean it's been out of your vocabulary for x amount of years how do you do that right yeah. okay I, i'm just curious about it like i say because for me like i say i know for me when i teach my kids when they use the word i let them know i'm like look guys I can't tell you that when I'm around people that look just like me, mm -hmm. that I don't throw that word around and we don't throw that word around because we're, we're comfortable with it. But will I use it in, in places that where people, I don't want them to use it? No, because I don't want anyone to feel comfortable that they can call, that not anyone can do that. Like not everyone knows my nickname that I grew up, my pet name growing up. Not everybody knows that. You had to know me at a certain era and have to be so close to me or no, you're gonna get Will or Wilkie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because there, there's, I, a, totally. there's a difference. And mm -hmm. you know, so I, um, I think it's just definitely something I'm gonna go into after this conversation and just start opening up the dialogue to having the conversation with more educators. Because again, it doesn't matter what sector you're living in, most kids are influenced by hip hop culture. Every kid. Every kid. Every, every kid. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Every single kid is influenced by hip hop culture. Mm -hmm. Every kid. Every kid. Every and kid. so that is something that we have to make sure that as educators, we're reminding them just because you hear it in a song, doesn't mean that I, I want to go out here and, 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 and just say these things or do these things. They talk about. Mm -hmm riding how many people I and, I and i love i love j cole i love i love 21 <laughs> you know when it gets to that part of how many people i shot a lot how many times i got shot i'm like no i'm not gonna say that <laughs> I, I love the song but no I'm, I, I can't i can't say that because mm -hmm. that doesn't identify with me you know what i mean so I, it's I almost like yeah so okay i agree right. i agree storytelling man it's such a you know, like, how do you tell someone not to share their story? Right, 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 right. 100%. Right. Man, we, always, right. we do get deep on this podcast, man. Dude, we <laughs> always do. Always. Always. Yeah. We got to make sure it's more like every, we got to make it more like every other month, not every six. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I like that.
At least, uh, at least once a quarter. Once a quarter. Once, once, once a, a quarter. quarter. Once a quarter. So, um, for the people that want to learn more about you, follow you, connect with you, what are the best ways for them to do that? Uh, Instagram. Um, I'm. I'd say I'm constantly on posting, sharing. Um, I think Twitter is definitely my new best friend. Uh, it's where I am probably the most in regards to sharing content and replying and talking to people. And all of them are Gary, R. Gray Jr. Um, hit me up. I love talking, having conversations with everyone. Um, I'm an open book, man. Learning experiences is what it's all about. Absolutely. All right, brother. Well, it was great to catch up as always. We'll do it again soon. Wilkie, anything to close with? Uh, no, man. I think we pretty much summed it up, man. Thank you for, for taking the time out, man. Always a pleasure to, to get to rap with you. Hopefully we get to see you when we get to Canada. If, you, yes. if you're traveling, yes. y'all are yes. there, man. That would be so amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it was just always, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thanks, man. No, I appreciate you guys again. Keep doing your thing. Always super inspiring, man. I love watching how you guys are evolving, like literally um, the work that you guys are doing, the people that you are influencing. Um, keep grinding, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. What's up, y'all? Thank you again so much for checking out this episode with Gary Gray. Um, I hope you hear on this podcast just what this relationship means to us. Um, how much we value not just his work, but, but his friendship. Because um, we know we can message Gary about anything from cameras to lighting to sound uh, to questions we have about teaching jobs. And every time I've had a, a job application, I've sent it to him and just there were a few of them that I thought were a little bit outside of what I could do and, and just gotten his opinion. But um, he's just a great dude. Great dude, great friend. Can't wait to meet up with him next summer in Toronto. So thank you for checking out this episode of the podcast. Again, if you want to catch up with Gary, all you got to do is check out um, Gary R. Gray Jr. Uh, across all social media platforms. Please go follow his new YouTube channel. Follow him on Instagram. Follow him on Twitter. Um, dude is doing incredible work. Uh, if you want to work with us, if you want to be a part of our community that we're building separate from our Instagram community where we're going to be doing more of the training and development that we want to be doing. You can go to patreon.com backslash value adds value um, and just check out there's lots of different options for how much PD you want to do over the course of the year um, and, and it's just a great way for us to support you and you can support us. So um, again, patreon.com backslash value adds value. But uh, as the school year approaches, as things get a little more hectic, um, we appreciate you so much. If, if there's ever anything we can do for you, if there's anything we can do in terms of podcast questions, please reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram as at value adds value. Um, or you can send us an email to podcast at the LED But again, thank you so much. Be well.